From South Beach, Miami, Florida, welcome to Believe. My name is Nicholas Upchurch. It's an honor to have you with us. I want to change your life. It's an amazing time to be alive. And you know what? You are that change. You are that truth. And we're going to help you today in a lot of really cool categories. I want you to help yourself. I want you to really understand the truth is within you. The truth is within all of us, right? It's inside. And so our website is www.believe.love. Our YouTube is youtube.com forward slash believe loves you. And iTunes, believe iTunes.com. Android, believe Android.com. And it's really exciting to have you with us. I'm so happy. So when we talk about true success, and part of the mission we have at Believe is to really help you to succeed. So we want to help you to find the truth, make sense of what's going on with the world, and to help you succeed in uh, money with money and business with that category. So, you know, making more money, growing your business, uh, and also true success, which has to do with basically what's really important in life. And if you think about that, and you think about finding your truth, and even if you think about making sense of all of the things going on in the world, when we really start to think about that, the truth is that it's all within you. The answers are within you. Now, what does that mean when somebody says the truth is within you? Because it sounds good, but um, it also can sound a little bit like a little bit like um, something you might just say to get somebody to start thinking, right? Which it could be that. But I mean, literally, the truth is within you. When you talk about true success and you think about the work of Nassim Harriman, who's a physicist, and he's proven things that actually Einstein wasn't able to prove. And the entire information, all of the information in the universe is within one photon, within one atom in your body. All of the information, and there are either billions or trillions or some very high number of photons within your body. And all of the information in the universe is inside of that one photon. And actually, He's proven scientifically with numbers and equations and, and worked it out. It published in mainstream scientific journals where, you know, the universe is it's like a fractal image. You know, the image you look at and it never ends. It goes, it, it's just, it's weird because you keep looking and it keeps going. It, it is itself going and folding within itself. And that's what we're a part of, apparently, in this universe. Because it doesn't end there. You're not just your physical body. You're not just what uh, your emotions are or your, your race or your uh, gender or anything else. And when you look at near-death experiences, um, there are mainstream scientific studies now that have studied thousands of these near-death experiences, and they have so many commonalities where somebody would be basically dead on a table, eyes closed, can't see, or even a blind person. And then after that event, they could recall everything that was happening. They could see what the doctors were doing, what this person was doing over here. And they, and far after their heart stopped and their brain stopped, and they knew everything that was going on in the room. So who, who are you? If all this is true, who are you then? What are you? And there's a lot that could be said about that. There's a lot to explore. Past life regressions are very interesting. So when you look at the work of Dr. Brian Weiss, and he is the head of psychiatry at Mount Sinai here in Miami, and he went, he's a Yale guy, and he got a lot of heat for bringing some of this stuff up. He wrote a book, Many Lives, Many Masters. And Dr. Brian Weiss was saying, hey, I, I was doing hypno hypnosis, helping patients, started getting into past lives before birth. And people uh, 
having these this information where they were a, a young child, a young child in England, 1700s, during during different wars, and the, and they other somebody else was a British soldier, and they go they they have this hypnosis session. One one story was a five or a six year old, Dr. Brian Weiss was working with, and he's he's taking care of this uh, child with the hypnosis. And the child says, you know, I'm this British soldier in the 1700s. And so the hypnosis session ends. It's like a five or six year old. And, you know, they go and they check some records in England somewhere. And this person, this soldier really lived as a real guy. The kid knew the wife's name and everything. He was six years old, five or six years old. He, he'd never been to England. He didn't study the wars. He was just a kid, little kid. So how does this happen? What's really going on? And this has been studied thousands of times with Dr. Brian Weiss, Ian Stevenson, Dr. Ian Stevenson, University of Virginia, who, who passed, passed on as well. Thousands and thousands of times. So who are you and what are you really doing here? And um, especially when we get into thinking about, okay, how to succeed, how to, how to um, find your true purpose, how to go forward in life, contribute to society, whatever you want to do. And then you start thinking about, how do I find out what is real in the world? Should I listen to this guy or girl? Should I listen to the news? Should I listen to this or that or... What, what should I listen to? Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's, who's lying to me? Who has ulterior motives? Who, you know, what's, what's the truth? Well, everything could be true. Everything could be true. So when you look at multiverses and the Princeton gentleman in the 50s who proved multiverses that there could be realities happening, not could be, he proved that this was true. There are multiverses that exist right now, other realities, other versions of ourself right now, sitting right with us. What are they doing? I would love to know what my other selves might be doing, right? So this is hard for us to think about. It's hard for us to make sense of. But when you start to think about where are the answers? What, how do I find the truth? What's my purpose? What should I do? Who's lying to me? Who's telling the truth? What's real news? What's fake news? What, you know, is this guy a good person? Is he bad? Is this good or bad? Well, the answer is right within you, literally. And all of the answers. And it's, you know, it's probably a pattern. It could go over uh, outside of just this space and time because you're not just this space and time. You're not. And really, that's been proven. It's hard because here we are, and we all have to do what we're going to do every day. We do have our emotions. We do have our brains. We are living by money. We have to, we have to make decisions. We have reactions. We have patterns from this life. We have um, all kinds of things that affect us. But that still doesn't mean it's not true that there's a lot more to you. And that can give you hope. And the truth is all within yourself. And so when you actually think about sending love to things, you can actually send it backwards in time, forwards in time. You can send it to other things that you can't see, maybe other versions of yourself. It doesn't have to be just within this space and time. And if you can't see, send it to everything. That never, that never hurts. And you really just smile to your heart. Send it to yourself in the future, in the past, all the people that you want to forgive and all the people that hopefully will forgive you, right? And we just, we literally just emanate that energy out. And it will cross through space and time. If you saw the movie Interstellar with Matthew McConaughey, it was really interesting and in, and. In, they had a part where he goes into a black hole, but that time is, is relative. So they went towards different planets and time was longer as they got closer to certain planets. And it, you know, and that's, that's based on reality. 
That's reality. You know, Einstein was working on that, right? So when you're thinking about all of these things, it's not so static. It's not just what we've been told and people are doing the best they can to explain things, but it doesn't have to be what it has been explained. It doesn't have to be what I'm explaining. Every human, everybody telling you information is doing the best they can and every human has ulterior motives and there's always things people are hiding and they're embarrassed by and all of the rest of it. And there's always what could seem good or bad depending on who's looking at it. If you're a chicken in a chicken coop right now and you're looking uh, for the devil and you know, you're going to get electrocuted, the devil probably looks like you and I, right? That's what the devil looks like to the chicken. So, you know, it's all relative. So, but the truth is within you. You, you have the ability to tap into all of these things. The more, uh, th there are ways, you know, there are ways to do that. Um, you know, pyramid research done by the Russians recently, work by Dr. Patrick Flanagan. And all you have to do to popularize any of this is share these links, share our show links. Share the links from Believe.Love. You know, we're really excited to have you, and it's really a family. You're a part of our family, and we're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and you're a part of that because when you share these links and you let us know your feelings and your thoughts about it, and you email us, Believe at Believe.Love, you're literally uh, enabling the world to start talking about other things, right? And that's not a bad thing. It's only a bad thing if there's a control mechanism that maybe doesn't want you to do that because there's an agenda and there is, there are always agendas with all of us, me included, there are agendas. And um, the people with that agenda are trying to maybe protect you and things like that. But when you share these links and when you participate, you are helping yourself to find the truth just by enabling other people to start talking about these things so that it does become okay to start exploring things other than what you might hear uh, on other news channels or at universities and things like that. Because the most, the most, the biggest thing I can tell you, the biggest secret I can tell you is that the visible light spectrum how big is that? Just the one we know about, right? Just the one we know about is, it's huge, right? So there's a big spectrum, big spectrum. And then we can see just on the one they know about that they're telling you about, we can see like that much, very little, very little, like 0. 0.0000 something. Everything's invisible. That's real that we would call real right now. And that's not even everything that's real. In fact, this may not even be real. That could be, actually this table's 99.999% empty space. So it's, it's a big, it's, it's, it's fractal, it's a fractal. Things are folded within itself. Everything is not up or down or black or white. And if you watch The Matrix now, I saw it after 17 years. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool movie before, but there's a lot of truth probably in that. And so if there's so much that we can't see, and you know a dog can't see color, but does that mean color doesn't exist, right? And I don't know that we're that much smarter than uh, the dogs sometimes. I may, I'll speak for myself. Maybe I'm not. But the fact of the matter is almost everything that we would call real is not visible to us. Now, eventually it might be. Eventually it might be. And if you see the movie Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, that's another movie where I think there's a lot of truth packed into that movie. There's a part in the movie where it's a desert. It's barren. There's nothing there. Just a desert. Looks like Vegas before the high-rises, before the strip, probably. 
just a desert, nothing going on. They drive up to it and it's a big, it's supposed to be a big metropolis, a mall, like where you can buy anything from all over the galaxy, right? And then they put on these goggles, these goggles like interdimensional goggles. And all of a sudden, it, not really just goggles, there's some kind of interface, a helmet they put on. And all of a sudden, they can see everything. Everything is there. And it's a big city and a mall and people go shopping. They go through these little, they go under these little uh, portal things. And all of a sudden, they're like within that dimension. And it's all right there right now. And you know what? There's probably a lot of truth to that. So how, does this, how is this going to help you succeed? It's really about understanding that nobody else has the answers. We can sit and we can watch videos. We can look at shows and try to find out, should I listen to this person? Or does this person, are they going to lead me in the right path? Or is this person the truth? Or who's full of crap? Is, is, is the president full of crap or not? Is he good or is he evil? Is Obama good or evil? Who, who, should, who should lead me? Who should lead me? Is a religion, should I, should I hate this religion, love this religion, all of this? No, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. You are, the truth is within you. And everybody is wrong and right and all versions in between. Everybody, you know, generally people are doing the best they can. So, you know, you can, you can draw the good out of what you, what you can and believe in yourself that you will find your truth because it all could be true. It all could be true. So I'll leave you with that and that topic. And I think it's really important. And let me know what you think about that in the comments and email us believe at believe.love. And I really hope that when you think about it, that if it resonates with you, you let us know. And share it with your friends if, it, if you think it could help them. And it'd be an honor if I can help you. <sighs> yes, so I want to move on to world news. And this is something I'm really, really passionate about. So in this episode of Believe, we're really going to pay tribute to a great guy, William Tompkins. He was 94. He died. He was a, a whistleblower. And... He really helped to change the world. And it's a name that, it's one of these people you won't hear about almost anywhere. And it's a very important person that we should know about. And before I, we get into that, because I want to get into that later and why he's so important, why it's so groundbreaking. I mean, literally, we're in a war against ourselves. We're in a war against ourselves. It's not anybody else. We're in a war, and the war, again, you just look at, look at the mirror, look at a mirror, I can look at one too. Just yell at yourself, just go ahead, punch, you might, you know, you can punch some pillows, you know, you might as well do that. We're in a war against ourselves, we're yelling at each other all over the world, just yelling, fighting, killing, stealing, lying, being late, not showing up, not reading, thinking we all need to be important. And I mean, I'm, I'm a part of all of them. I'm human too. But we're in a war against ourselves. So in that war, we need to talk about the importance of whistleblowers. And uh, so at first, I think whistleblowers have gotten a bad rap. And this is like people like Edward Snowden and uh, uh, William Tompkins, and, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you what the whistleblowers would say about me. I've been a real you-know-what, I'm sure, in my life. So just make it a whistle, you know, let's get that out there. I'm blowing the whistle on myself. That's the whole reason I want to do any of this is because I wanted to be, I wanted to feel better and be better. And uh, so, you know, I'm a human male. So that can mean a lot, right? Because people are up to all kinds of things. So um, whistleblower, it has, a, it has a, a interesting connotation now because um, it assumes that the government is evil and uh, that they're, they're telling the truth about some of the bad things going on. 
but we could do that about all of us. All of us could have somebody that's a whistleblower about us. <laughs> all of us, even like little kids that know you do weird things. And then they tell their, like your little brother or sister, they're, they're a whistleblower. And then they, they run and they tell your mother what you're doing. You're, you're building a secret tree house. I climbed on the roof. One time I climbed on the roof, I think, and my parents thought I was going to die. Uh, and I think, I don't know if my sister, my sister's nine years younger than me, Lindsay. So I don't know if she thought I was going to die or I don't know if she told them. I should, she could have been a whistleblower and uh, told them that I was crazy, which I was. I was 13. I had, I was really skinny. I had a shaved hair, like a skateboarder under, under this long hair. I looked completely different. It was fascinating. And I had a whistleblower as my little sister. So I don't know that uh, eventually, hopefully we can help each other so we don't all have to point the finger and say like, oh, you know, you're bad, you're bad. The problem is there's so many lies. Like, I think if we could just, all of us, me included, let's, let's increase our percentage of honesty into the 90s if we could. Maybe that would be good. Doing what you say you're going to do and trying to be honest into the 90s. Because 100, we don't even need to worry about 100 right now. Let's just get into the 90 percentile. And then we don't need to say whistleblower. We can say um, helper because it won't, it won't be a bad thing. Maybe we'll want to improve. Like it will be a good thing. And then when people find out that, yeah, this is the crazy thing that they do, they can, then everybody will help that person. They won't just be like, oh, yeah, they, ha, ha, ha. I'm perfect, but this came out about this person. This person's an idiot because uh, they got the whistle blown and everybody knows. And Because that could happen for all of us, including the U.S. government, because the U.S. government has done a lot of wacky stuff, and so have all governments in the world. And uh, some may be worse, some not as bad, who knows. But um, the fact is there are people that are coming out, and uh, I think... Some people think that they need to die and that they <laughs> they really discredit them. And, you know, the bottom line, too, is that some of these things that people say aren't true. Uh, I've actually experienced that personally, and it sucks. So sometimes when people are blowing the whistle, supposedly, the information isn't true. It isn't true. It just, like, it didn't actually happen, at least in this reality. I talked about multiverses who knows maybe in another reality it did but uh so that is that is an aspect of it that the same reason why people would call people that talk about ufos crazy is because there are people that make a lot of stuff up and it's hard to figure out who to believe but we talked about that in the last segment that the truth is within all of us right so when we get to these this whistleblower category let's assume it's actually a positive thing and especially for a government, because a government isn't a person. A government is a body. It's not a person. So if there's a whistleblower, nobody's going to die. I think that it just means that maybe the, the structure of the entity needs to possibly change. That it doesn't, it doesn't have to mean anybody's going to die. The only problem that would come from a government whistleblower is if yeah, if something was incorrect that made people look bad, that would that would not be good. But also, um, if everybody's worried about control and losing control, because really, like with term limits, which we probably should have here in the United States, I don't think we have any, especially for senators. Uh, with term limits, like control is not such an issue. Like it would just kind of, you know, it's like everybody's in control. Like the government doesn't need to control anything. Because um, it's actually then just a tool of the people, which I think was the original meaning. But it's kind of morphed into control, so a whistleblower could threaten that control, and then that could be a problem of people in government feel threatened. But what is really threatened? Their control is threatened. Nothing actually will happen, um, generally, unless people broke laws. I guess. Um, so I think that the evolution of a whistleblower is towards improvement and not having to be bad 
and say that, you know, if somebody says something, we're going to make fun of everything. And we're going to maybe even, if we put people in prison, should we just put them in prison or should we actually help them, right? They, they really want help. Some people don't. Some people feel like they don't. But maybe, like, even if people are doing the wrong thing, maybe we should actually help them and not just put them in a box. That doesn't do anything. So, but that's a big industry. And it, it's very easy, easier said than done when people do certain things to family members or something. You might want them in a box, in a, what I mean is in prison or, or even worse, somebody might want them dead. Who knows, right? Because you have these strong feelings against that person. So it's easier said than done. But uh, let's assume that whistleblowers could help and that actually they could do it in a way that would be helpful and that it could be received in that way. And it's very tough. It's very tough to get to that point. But let's assume we can. Well, the importance of whistleblowers is that they can help us improve. And the fact of the matter is that things have been hidden. What degree of the things that have been hidden could be debated, but they have been hidden. Like, a lot has been hidden. And there, it's highly likely that the cure to all diseases already exists and that poverty does not have to be, that does not have to exist right now. So with uh, Dr. Royal Rife, Dr. Wilhelm Reich, a lot, of, a lot of things you'll Google and then you'll see people they debunk it, you know, and a lot of these debunking sites, some are really accurate and some are maybe see, paid by government agencies. And then, you know, what is the government agency's agenda? Is it just to debunk or is there an additional agenda to debunk? And there generally is because the politics process, it's not just about the people. There's a whole, there's a whole agenda that's going on that, uh, it's not just about helping people, and it's, it's, it's part of a process towards, uh, well, the agenda, of, the agenda of government right now, there's more to it because government is worried about control. So um, when you're talking about whistleblowers, when you're talking about sort of uh, debunking certain theories, it's a really, really tough thing. You know, and I'm just thinking about how many times you've walked down a street, you saw a homeless person, and most of us, me included, we, we walk by. In fact, we can't, we feel like, well, we don't want to give them money sometimes, and sometimes I have, actually, but because we don't want to... Uh, we don't want to give them the wrong idea. And like, maybe if we don't, that they'll get up and do something themselves, right? And that homeless person doesn't have to be there right now. Everything, free energy and replicators, that when you have free energy, you can actually, you can already print a handgun right now. That's what's publicly disclosed. So if you had free energy, you could print almost anything you needed because there are probably more advanced ones hidden. And there are thousands of military whistleblowers talking about advanced technologies just in the United States. Maybe tens of thousands or more worldwide. Who knows what's going on worldwide? So... People have gotten, when you Google uh, Dr. Wilhelm Reich or uh, Dr. Royal Rife with the Rife machine, there's going to be, you know, oh, this is not real. Oh, Dr. Royal Rife, these Rife machines were in doctor's offices. He went to USC. It's a big school in the 30s. They were in doctor's offices all over the country. Suddenly they weren't. Then he got put in jail. And then, sure, you can read some stuff that's uh, bad. I've used a Rife machine. It works. It works. You know, my mom used it. She was very skeptical. She could walk suddenly. In her case, doesn't mean it can make everybody walk that can't walk. And she could walk before, but without pain that was there before. It actually wasn't a magic, it wasn't a magic bullet, but it definitely reduced the pain. And it wasn't fake. And I've used it uh, to cure sunspots on myself. Um, 
and it's it's through frequencies because we're not we're not just solid this is there's no solid there's no solid this is this is a we're in a fluid of energy this is all energy you're in a sea right now like a fish it's, it's not it's a sea it does it's not clear the air is not clear there's no this there's no solid table this is so frequencies are everything and uh, that work by Dr. Royal Rife discussed these frequencies and, and uh, generated them. And frequencies can kill parasites. Uh, that's what his work explains. And then uh, they can, uh, they're healing frequencies as well. And this was known in the 30s. And if you look at Dr. Stephen Greer and so many other people talking, and not just, he, Dr. Stephen Greer came out with the Disclosure Project in 1997. And that was where a lot of military personnel came forward. And there's so much out there. It's thousands and thousands of pages of information. Thousands. Um, and every time you see a homeless person, it doesn't have to be there. He doesn't, that him, he or she does not have to be homeless right now. It's the most important thing that's going on anywhere on the planet is that this stuff exists. And so we are starting a free energy project in Venezuela. We're going to try to change the world. I don't know if anything's gonna happen with it. I'm just paying people because I can afford it. But um, I'm gonna try to actually do it, not just sit, talk about it. And um, Vanessa interviewed our, our great employee down in Venezuela, Gabriela. So you can see that interview on past shows. But so whistleblowers are so important because this is the most important issue anywhere on the planet. It doesn't have to do with uh, anything else you see in the news or anything else that I say. It's a fact that technologies probably exist that could cure all diseases and end poverty right now. And they probably have for... It could be well over 100 years, who knows? But definitely into the 1900s, this stuff started coming out and it started to be suppressed. And some of it may be for national security, but some of it may be for control. And we can forgive the people that have suppressed it for control if we'd like. And I, I will, I will right now um, because, you know, Maybe they felt like we were children and that we weren't ready. Like if you suppress information from your child because they're not ready or you think it's in their best interest, but uh, we are ready now. And so we can spread these links and, and through forgiveness, harmonize those people that have been hiding it, hiding the information and maybe uh, for control. And they might not even know they're a part of it. And we want to get to the bottom of this. So when I interviewed billionaire Jim Rogers, I asked him about George Soros, his partner, which may be funding a lot of these groups that are taking our eye off the ball with uh, like, you know, different groups that are out there. George Soros funded Black Lives Matter, $100 million, I think, the Women's March, all these groups. He also, you know, was funding groups in Eastern Europe that were uh, overthrowing governments there. And I don't know that he's a you know, it sounds kind of bad to me and a lot of people complain about it. I'd still forgive him. And Jim Rogers is on the other end of the ideological spectrum. He's a libertarian and he was partners with George Soros like 40 years ago. So I said, Jim, let's come together and get to the bottom of this real agenda. Like what's really going on with this control, right? So we'd love to find out. But one thing's for sure, whistleblowers are important but hopefully we can move forward and try to find some way to look at it as an improvement versus uh, pointing a finger and, and the embarrassment and all the other stuff that comes with it. Uh, and somehow, I guess, still be accountable um, if we could. I think we're pretty, generally, we're pretty good at forgiveness. Uh, when people do make mistakes and they ask for forgiveness, we tend to do that because we all do stupid things. But um, we need to embrace this and try to improve, especially with the government, because it's not a person. It's not a person. It's a, it's a, 
it's supposed to be a tool working for the people, not the other way around. So um, it's something to think about, and I'd love to hear your comments on that. And I want to get into William Tompkins, a great man, 94 years old, and this is a great example of what I was just talking about with whistleblowers. William Tompkins, if we can pull up actually his bio um, from Gaia, Gaia.com. Yes. Gaia is a great site. So Gaia, Gaia.com, William Tompkins appeared on Cosmic Disclosure a lot with Corey Good and uh, David Wilcock. Yeah, just down just a little bit. That's perfect right there. Yeah, and, and you know, William Tompkins, I'm just going to go over his bio, and you can see him on video on YouTube and at Gaia.com. As a teenager, William Tompkins' keen eye for detail nearly landed him in hot water with the Navy as his models of Navy ships included specifications which were classified. However, the Navy took interest in his capabilities and recruited him into their intelligence programs to work on advanced technology projects. After the Navy, Tompkins worked within highly classified think tanks designing advanced weapons for aerospace companies including North American Aviation, Northrop, and Douglas Aircraft Company. He even assisted with the Saturn and Apollo space programs for NASA. He's coming forward now to reveal that his many years with clandestine programs included much more than designing conventional technology. With naval intelligence, he also evaluated the plausibility of extraterrestrial threats from known civilizations. And during his time with the aerospace think tanks, he was instrumental in the design of spacefaring vehicles for the Navy. All the while, he had assistance from the Nordic-type aliens who helped to guide, him, guide the design process. Well, that's great. So, um, William Tompkins died recently. Actually, on the day of the eclipse, he died at 94. And I want to pay tribute to him because he is a whistleblower that I don't think anybody knows about. William Tompkins, Dr. Patrick Flanagan, the, the Russian pyramid research, which could, which could literally harmonize the earth, are so important. And people have no idea about any of this. And I've actually, and Dr. Royal Rife, we mentioned him in the last segment. So William Tompkins, I'd like to talk about because he recently passed on. David Wilcock was really into William Tompkins, and he's a great, great researcher, one of the best, one of the best in the world, David Wilcock. And so he transitioned on the day of the full solar eclipse. So William Tompkins died. And I just want to go over some of the really interesting things that William Tompkins talked about, because it's important that people actually hear about this. And you can share this link with your friends. William Tompkins, and it's not, it's not that he was 100% correct. He was definitely in the military. He had so much documentation to verify what he said. And, um, you know, there's also stuff. I first saw William Tompkins, uh, somebody posting something in, when I was in Argentina like three years ago on YouTube, and then somebody debunking it, and I thought, oh, it's just more BS. And then I looked into it more. And you know, one thing I think we really have to do when it comes to anything, what the president says, anything, actually read what they say and actually listen to them say it themselves. Don't just like listen to everything else because you get like, listen to the actual, like read the speech and look at the actual words. I mean, that, that was... That was something that I didn't do recently, and then I actually looked at what was said, and I'm like, man, the news is reporting this, and the words were actually this, and then the words were this again and again, and I'm like, wow, what, what why, why, what's going on? So I would, so I went directly to the source. I started looking into what he was actually saying, the amount of detail, and the books, and everything else, because it's easy to dismiss things, right? So, William Tompkins talked about a lot of interesting things. It's not necessary that all of it is 100% true because nobody is 100% accurate. 
especially the, the universities and, and billionaire Jim Rogers told us that firsthand. And other people have said, and I, I've said, most of what you learn at universities isn't true. It's either partially true, they're doing the best they can, and it's not a, we all have to go to university generally because what else are we gonna do at 18? But it's mostly either incomplete or just not true because all you have to do to control people's thoughts and what's important is control the, the best universities. So William Tompkins, some of the things he was talking about over time, unconventional propulsion systems. What does that mean? That means that if any, if there was any, any anti-gravity device that we were working on through Lockheed Martin or other military contractor companies that are building things for the military. In the 50s, if you look at the work of Dr. Stephen Greer, if they came up with that, that means there's free energy. If there's free energy, poverty doesn't have to exist. So there's a lot of things he said about uh, propulsion systems, things floating in the air. That's not with gasoline. They're not floating in the air with gasoline. That means we don't need oil. That means that all the money you're spending at the gas tank doesn't have to be spent there if that's real, you know? And to, it's been said a lot that it is real since the 50s. So um, he's talked about um, the Battle of Los Angeles, which is a mainstream story. You can look up things about the Battle of Los Angeles, and it was something where people in Los Angeles, something, some crafts were going on and they tried to say it was maybe Japan, but it wasn't. And there was never a good explanation for the Battle of Los Angeles. That was something real where there was military sirens going out, thousands of eyewitnesses. Um, what else? The U.S. Navy's secret space program and Nordic Extraterrestrial Alliance. And if you think that's BS, look up Admiral Byrd, B-Y-R-D, and look up how after World War II, we went to Antarctica, and a lot's coming out about Antarctica now. They're finding things in Antarctica. They're not just finding them. They knew they were there already. They're letting us know that they knew. They're letting us know, and they're pretending it's new, which is fine, but that's probably what it is. Some of it may be new, but probably not. And... So Admiral Byrd, after World War II, went to Antarctica and he pre gave a press conference in, I believe, Chile after. On his way back, he sailed back, gave a press conference suddenly. The entire Navy went to Antarctica after World War II. So we, we left our whole country. Uh, there's nobody there protecting it. It all went to Antarctica. What was going on in Antarctica? Well, apparently the Nazis fled there. They, I don't think they said that, and I think they said some of them did, but he gave a press conference in Chile, it's printed in a newspaper, and he said there were floating crafts, and the next war would, would be with crafts that can go around the world in seconds. And that's what the admiral of our, uh, one of the head guys, or the head guy of our entire Navy said at a press conference that he held in Chile because he was so freaked out. And of course, if you read about it online, it's going to say that he, he got back and uh, people discredited him and all this other stuff. Why would you do that? Will you ruin your whole career? Just you, you just give an impromptu speech about aliens or crafts floating and you're going to you're the head of the Navy, but you just do that suddenly like, OK, I, maybe I don't know, maybe, but maybe not. Right. So. uh William Tompkins talking about the Navy photo of uh, alien UFO landing on aircraft carrier. Um, I'm looking at all the great interviews. If you go to um, exopolitics.org, in fact, we'll show the article they have right now. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much. So this is the article they have on his passing. If we scroll up to the headline there, and that's a picture of William Tompkins. Trans William Tompkins transitions on the day of the full solar eclipse. No, that's perfect. So um, so basically, exopolitics.org has a great article, also you'll find, where uh, they go through all his interviews. Top aerospace designer blows whistle on secret U.S. Navy space battle fleets. Um, William Tompkins 
Richard Dolan and the future of ufology. So recently he started coming out with more. Apollo missions ended because extraterrestrials prevented U.S. Navy bases on the moon. Reptilian aliens helped Nazi Germany build the secret space program. Reptilian aliens helped Nazi Germany build the secret space program in Antarctica. That's interesting. So I want to go in this tribute to William Tompkins. There's a great, because I think it's so important people know about him and we really honor him. We, there's so many people that have died that nobody knows anything about that were heroes because our government killed them. Or other governments, which really it means us. And so again, we get the mirror, we yell, we yell at the mirror. Because it's just us. I mean, we're, we do that to ourselves. You ever do something stupid and you do it on purpose? You like sabotage yourself? I know I have. So it's not that we need to think that the government is evil. It's just part of us. We do that. We don't maybe kill ourselves. But you know what? Some people do that, unfortunately, right? There's so, they can't deal with the pre There's so many things where we feel so bad. So I think all of us know that this is possible. And so when the government does some of these things, they have their reasons, but a lot of times, you know, it's for control or what seems to be control. We can't control anything. This isn't real necessarily. It's, it is real, but there's a lot more to real than just what we think is real here. So we try to control things, which I naturally do because I'm trying to like run, you know, keep things organized and, you know, keep things in order, what, what seems like order to me. So we try to like, you know, have some kind of control. So we have structure and we can get things done and have some kind of agenda, but it's, it's not, it's a time isn't real. Einstein proved that, but still we have to actually operate. So it's a tough balance between sort of, we are living here. We have to get things done and we can't just have, I guess what we think is craziness go on, right? So sometimes, hey, the government may have, uh, there might be people you don't know about that are heroes. And I think this guy is one of them. So I want to pay tribute to him. So there was an interview with Jeff Rents, who has a, a big national radio program, August 29, 2016. So I hope you share this link with your friends because I think this is really awesome. Let, let me know what you think of William Tompkins. Let us know here at Believe. So you know, he just talks on this interview from August 29, 2016, he talks about he was in the Navy. There's a lot of information about the Navy and that the Navy was in outer space. You think about the Navy and they have, I guess there's an Air Force, maybe presence in space as well. But the Navy was in outer space. And what, by the way, what's in Area 51? You know, President Clinton gave a, gave a briefing about Area 51 uh, somebody asked him about it in a press conference, like a real press conference when he was president. And he said he was trying to get to the bottom of it, but there's a government within the government that he doesn't control. So, by the way, who controls the NSA? Is it Congress? Because it doesn't, it's not president. It's not the president. It's not Congress, really. Congress really doesn't control it because they tell Congress what they're doing. Who, who, who controls the NSA? What is that? What's going on with that? So while we're, while we're listening to the complaints about whatever party or president, there's really something else going on that we, we're, we're not even looking at, right? Right, right kind of behind the scenes there. And it's good when, when there's a lot of complaining about nothing that has to actually do with what's happening. That's good because it's taking our eye off the ball and it's just completely... It's like the shiny, a shiny object. So William Tompkins, the U.S. Navy was in outer space. He talks about there are now two trillion galaxies that NASA has said we have. Two trillion. Some of these uh, solar systems, and in each galaxy now, there's billions of Earth-like planets. Okay? So some of these have three suns. Some of these have three suns. Not just one sun, three suns. And um, we have over uh, 200 billion galaxies at the, at the time. That's what NASA came out with. All of them with billions of stars. And 
William Tompkins is saying it's important to think about every day that even though we think we're forced into our current existence, there may come an opportunity quite soon where we can join other Nordic people or other beings and go out into the galaxy with them. Not all the stuff about wars going on and the bad side of this, like the, you know, the Germans and reptilians and all this thing. Apparently there could be some good reptilians if you believe in that. And there seems to be a lot out there. You look at the statues from ancient Samaria and statues in Peru of big lizard like people holding babies. It's kind of strange. I don't know. Maybe it's just a story. Maybe, maybe not. One thing's for sure. You're not getting the whole story from a university. Just watch Ancient Aliens. And actually, people from universities are going on Ancient Aliens. So he's, think, he's basically saying it's not just about the bad things. There are some good things going on out there. That we could, we could be a part of this one day. That we could join these people. We could join these beings. And that it's not just exaggerating. It could be already happening. It could be already happening. Wouldn't it be wonderful to take a cruise through the Milky Way? And that's probably being done by, uh, by either other humans uh, or other species that are similar to us right now. And they, they go on to talk about the Phoenix Lights incident and so many things. And basically, uh, Jeff Rents starts to say to William Tompkins, we're encouraged to feel subservient trapped in debt and under great stress all the time on this little microcosm we feel, we call planet Earth. Yes, we are. And then William Tompkins says, and actually what we're getting into, instead of being negative, it's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to enjoy what takes place. So this, is, this guy at the time is 93. He's, he's really getting positive. And that's why I think even if all these things are hidden by our government, and all that resistance has come our way from whoever you think is the boogeyman and the evil. Just think about the resistance is providing an opportunity for growth. Without the resistance, there might not be any growth. So when we are finally able to go out there, how amazing will it be? So when we talk about the galaxies and we talk about the numbers of people or different civilizations that could be out there, Actually, we need to look at our opportunities, William Tompkins says. And the situation with certain extraterrestrials who are assisting us. And I hate to go back to just a couple uh, people, but he's talking about the, the Apollo program, the Douglas program, and that these three people were, that were helping him were Nordic people, extraterrestrials, essentially, essentially our cousins, if you want the truth. They come from a different part different part of the arm of the Milky Way galaxy that we're all in. And then apparently he says, we're out in the boonies. Apparently we're in the boonies of the Milky Way and that downtown is more towards the center of the Milky Way. So he goes on about this. Um, the Apollo program, we all know about, the, there's a movie with Tom Hanks, right? The, we're going to go to the moon. He talks about phase one was to build a 10,000 man naval research um, an operating base on the moon. And then phase two that we don't hear about was to build, we, I don't even think we hear about that phase one, was to build naval stations on every habitable planet in the solar system or their moons. Phase three was to do the exact same thing on the 12 closest stars. And then what happened, he says, we got shot down by the reptilians. And that there are... And so we had help from some Nordic beings, apparently, but that there were 30 to 40 species on the moon that said, listen, you can go to the moon a couple times, but that's it, no more. And what may have happened, he, he then gets into this about the moon not rotating, and the moon doesn't rotate. Everything else in the galaxy rotates. Everything rotates, but the moon doesn't rotate. And he says, basically, this is because it's a spaceship. It's not. It's, it was put there. It was put there. By the way, what's going on on the dark side of the moon? Does anybody know? I don't know. It's interesting. It's always dark back there. What's back there? All these obelisks. You ever see those pictures of the obelisks? And some might not be real, but there's a lot of pictures. What about those pictures on Mars? It's pretty interesting. 
So we had people that wanted to help us, and then we had people that said that, you know what, no ah-ah. Uh -uh. Reptilians are saying no ah-ah, uh -uh, and it's probably 30 or 40 different types of extraterrestrials who are operating in that particular planet. We'll call it a planet, the moon, he says. And it's controlling this region of the tip of this arm of the Milky Way galaxy. And so when you look at our moon, which is not ours, and then you stop to think that, wait, maybe this is not your planet either, because a whole bunch of people are out there using this planet as a laboratory. It's a laboratory. And does that sound crazy that we're a laboratory? Well, I don't know. Ask a monkey. Ask a monkey if that sounds so crazy. I don't know, or ask a, a, a lab rat. And uh, if there are two trillion galaxies, are we the smartest thing out there? Because I, I, I personally, I don't even know where my pink bracelet is today. And half the time I can't remember where my keys are. And I just had them. You, you never know, you can't, you just had your keys, but you don't know where the hell they are. And you just, so that's where I'm at in life. So uh, if I'm the smartest thing in two trillion galaxies and there's billions of planets per galaxy, that would be fascinating, because actually I'm pretty smart. Like I know a lot of things, and I don't know a damn thing. I don't even know where my pink bracelet. I really don't know right now where that bracelet is. I'm actually looking for it now, so we don't know a damn thing, really. And that's and so this could be a laboratory, and I really think it is. And you know what? We can. What if the the chickens or the mice started speaking English back to us? I guess eventually we'd have to free the mice hopefully if the mice started speaking english apparently we might think of them differently and we'd start you know i'm vegan for four and a half years but i ate a lot of meat so i never judge anybody but i didn't have any animals start speaking english to me some people can actually you know there's horse whispers right there is some and dolphins are apparently as their dolphins are very intelligent their way of communicating they're working on speaking with dolphins right now uh, there's some kind of program that's going on regarding speaking with dolphins. So it's probably a laboratory. This isn't so far-fetched. And, uh, and it's not just William Tompkins that has talked about this. Uh, it's the, the Vedas. You know, it's in India. There's so many things. Who are these gods? Who are the gods in ancient Greece? Were they just some guys made up? Were they made up guys or, well, I mean, that's interesting. Who, what about the gods in India? Were they made up too? And they just were just really dumb people that needed to make up all these things. What about those spaceship looking things that they were flying up? Did the Indian, they, they didn't have they didn't have like the internet or anything else, but they, they could draw spaceships back on the walls back then. They just came up with the idea that the spaceship should look like discs but they didn't have internet, they didn't have TVs, they didn't have anything else, but they knew what spaceships were because if you look at some of the walls, there's some, there's some discs uh, carved into the damn walls that like are in the air. So how the hell do they know that? They, they don't know what, you know, they don't have TV, they didn't have ancient aliens. What were they, where were they getting that from? I don't know, maybe it's just all made up, maybe it's not. So, uh, it could be that we were a laboratory. They said, no, ah, uh, ah. Uh. And, you know, then William Tompkins, there's a lot he says about this. What I really like is he gets into Germany. And he starts to talk about, you know, we didn't actually win the war. We had thousands, tens of thousands in Project Paperclip of Germans after the war, scientists and engineers and research people most of them came to the United States, some went to Russia. The head of NASA was a former German or Nazi. That's it. I mean, what else do you need to know? 20,000, I think, scientists came into the U.S. and were running NASA. And uh, he talks about some of the spy programs into San Diego, which is where he was stationed. He's got his paperwork. He's got memos of written, handwritten from supervisors and who he worked for and all this other stuff. And uh, basically, uh, they were working on a lot. It is common knowledge that they were working on advanced technologies in Germany. 
Um, and so you'd have spies come in and talk about what they were what they were working on. We we absorbed a lot of the scientists from Germany, the top people. And uh, you know, his his thing is that we didn't really win the war. It just secretly kind of we absorbed a lot of what Germany was up to. And uh, they used NASA to kind of continue that. And NASA is just maybe a front organization. It's not the real space program. It's not the whole story. And what, when you look at proving this, uh, the day before 9-11, many people know this, Donald Rumsfeld said that the Pentagon lost uh, 2 to $3 trillion. 9-10, 2001. He just said, we don't know where it is. Sorry, we lost. How do you lose... $2 trillion. A lot of people have asked that. And Bush came out and said it too. Ooh, sorry, we lost a couple trillion dollars. And where did it go? Where did it go? And how, that's a lot of money. I, I can't even think about how much money that is and how many people it could have helped or anything. I mean, where, where is that money, by the way? They, they know where it is. They know where it is. They know where it is. So, And there's a documentary by Dr. Stephen Greer called Unacknowledged. And these uh, these black budget programs that are a fact, and so this is the biggest issue. So people are protesting uh, and all this stuff, and it's important. All these things, yeah, we should be nice, but you know, um, we lost two trillion dollars. It was just kind of hijacked, and we have some definitely we have things that the president doesn't even get access to going on, and in Area Fifty One. Uh, what, what the hell's going on? What's going on? And so we have people like William Tompkins come forward. He's a real hero because the fact is that something else is going on. The degree of all of what he's talking about with the reptilians, and um, I like what he says, and it resonates with me. It doesn't mean it has to be 100% true to you or... Um, Things that David Icke says, David Icke talks a lot as well about a lot of these factors, a lot of these things. It doesn't have to be all true for you, but the fact is there are a lot of things going on that we don't know about. Even the president doesn't know about it. And we are having money stolen from us. Um, and I think we can forgive those people. We don't have a, in my opinion, it's the only way out. You're not going to win. You don't win a war. You, you know, you don't you don't hate your way to victory. It's it's very easy. Again, if somebody like hurts your family member, of course, you, you're going to want to. I mean, I have that reaction. Like as a man, I'm like, like, screw this person. Even even if somebody even if somebody doesn't change the lock on the door that they I mean, we had that happen where they were going to try to make us pay for something. We you know, and I was pissed. But, you know, I got over it and we got it fixed. We got the lock fixed. And if if they said no and I had to pay for it, I would have had to get over it. And that's just the lock. So, I mean, I'm trying to just harmonize that. So it's very easier said than done. But uh, and and to the people that have this money, uh, they they didn't steal it. They are using it to protect us, I'm sure, in some of their mind or to to build a better future for us. Who knows what the grand plan is? Um, but there is a plan, and it's not disclosed to you or me. And there is something else going on. And these people that we've talked about are real. And there's a lot of things out there. And that's why somebody like William Tompkins is, is really a hero. And so I want to honor him. And I want to say that Whoever may have suppressed whistleblowers, uh, we can forgive them because there could be whistleblowers about all of us, and it would suck. It would suck to have somebody come forward and talk about your darkest things. I mean, I've been a lunatic. I mean, I haven't done any major things, but crazy, dude. Yeah, I mean, it would suck. Now, I, And I've also had there's things that people said that weren't true. I had a female once employee that said even she had that happen where somebody came out and made up some stuff about her um, that was a man. And she, you know, and it was a whole thing. So people have that happen. That sucks as well. But I think um, 
maybe we can change the narrative over time towards helping people because we're all a little bit crazy, right? And the government is a little bit crazy. And when we pretend we're not a little bit crazy, to me, that's a little bit crazy as well, but we're trying to keep order. But let's, let's maybe think about, instead of putting people in prison, let's help them. I certainly need help, and we hope to be able to help you. So, wow, that was, I'm so honored that hopefully that helped you in some way. It was informative. Let me know your thoughts on William Tompkins, whistleblowers, and, you know, the truth inside of yourself. It was a really great episode. Thanks for joining me on Believe. Our website is www.believe.love, youtube.com forward slash believe loves you. And we're growing so much. We're going to have a store that's going to open up where you can buy really cool products. We're going to have uh, better shows, commercials, more sound effects, more transitions. We're going to improve so much. More listeners. We're going to have a live call-in line. We're going to have more guests. You, you've noticed on our site, believe.love, we've had three or four more interviews. We're going to have more hosts talking. We're going to have so many things. So just all you have to do is share the links. And, and I'm sending you my best, most loving energy, and, and I need it too. So thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on Believe. Have a good day or night, wherever you may be.